Welcome into A to Z Sports powered by BetMGM. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Zach Bingham. Make sure you follow us all over, over social media, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, Instagram, TikTok. We are Nashville's on-demand sports network, and we go live every weekday morning at 8 Central Time. Got to thank our sponsors because they make it happen for us, and they help out you guys. <clears throat> Renters Warehouse Nashville, the professional landlords in the area at renterswarehouse.com. Mandu, the pulse of fitness, one 15-minute workout equals five-plus hours in the weight room. Mandu.com, your first workout's free. Wilson County Hyundai, for your next ride, head up to Lebanon and see what they have to offer at wilsoncountyhyundai.com. Calvin and Subtle, for your brand-new hardwood floors and finishings, they are at calvinandsubtle.com. And the Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. So we are live here on this Vols game day. We will have coverage on social media uh, for the Jarrell Casey retirement uh, press conference at 1 o'clock Central Time today. But, Zach, it is a new era on Rocky Top, and we've heard this now a few times uh, since we have been doing a show together. It's a new era on Rocky Top, and it's the Josh Heupel era. And they're starting off the season, new quarterback you mentioned they named Joe Milton the the starter earlier in the week, uh, and now we get to see what they look like on the field under the lights. They're thirty five and a half point favorites. Uh, they're expected to blow out Bowling Green, and I think the biggest thing that I'm excited for for just Josh Heupel in general is how the Titans. I'm sorry, how the Vols seem like they're getting with the times. Uh, and going offense. I want to see offense. I want to see fireworks and touchdowns. Where the last three years of watching Jeremy Pruitt football have been like watching paint dry, slow, low scoring, not exciting, minus a handful of Jawan Jennings and Marquez uh, Callaway highlights. Not a lot of excitement going on. But Joe Milton in this Josh Heupel offense, I'm very intrigued because of the skill set that he has. So that's that's ex- I'm just looking to see him touchdowns, right? And they're favored by 35 and a half points, which tells you that Vegas thinks that they're going to blow out, blow out Bowling Green. How do you feel about tonight so far? Well, I think uh, I'm I'm intrigued with not necessarily the matchup because I do think that they will win, but. You never know. I mean, Georgia State, I mean, that will always haunt Tennessee because of what it is. Now, it, it's a brand-new coach and a brand-new regime, which I do respect, and a brand-new offense, as you mentioned. I think I look at how do they start this game, right? And so uh, we'll ask the question just because you kind of already uh, kind of went into it. What's the most important thing you want to see from the Vols season opener tonight? Let's go ahead and ask that. What is the most important thing you want to see for the Vols opener? You touched on what you said uh, a little bit. I was trying to figure out what exactly you were trying to say. Is, is it Milton? Is it Heupel? I mean, I, I wasn't answering the question. I was just talking about what I'm looking forward to tonight, and and like just the overall buzz uh, that you, that I think Tennessee fans are excited to see is that they they're expecting points. There's been talk ever since Josh Heupel was hired in late January about scoring points, going fast, putting up a lot of numbers and being fun to watch because that's Tennessee has been so boring and painful to watch for three years, even when they won eight games in Jeremy Pruitt's second season. So 
I, I do think fun to watch is a big thing that Josh Heupel wants to show in, in, in his first season as Vols head coach. And fun to watch is defined by scoring points, right? So yeah. fun to watch. Every Football's not fun. Football's about wins and losses. Just ask Nick Saban. So I understand, and, and I'm well, kind of dissecting what you said in the sense okay. of I understand what you're saying. It is score points. It's not uh, about the the – I mean, it's an air raid type offense, but if you get up early and you get up by 35 points and you're all of a sudden reigning supreme over a bad Bowling Green team. But again, I, I think that it's kind of a benefit for Josh Heupel going into this game because of what happened with Georgia State a few years ago. Because you, it's it used to, Tennessee could kind of walk into their opener, take care of business just because they had better players, Right. Even even in the showcase games versus the Georgia Techs in Atlanta or in NC State uh, a, a handful of years ago, they'd still you know somewhat come in and play hard. That Georgia State really set a tone of again, maybe it's a blessing in disguise for the entire program. Is that Tennessee now every single season you will always remember that loss and how unacceptable it was for Jeremy Pruitt. Doesn't matter, matter how the season ended. I know with eight wins. But that it at the beginning of the college football season, you don't want ESPN and all of your friends making fun of you because of how you lost that game. I don't think that will happen again. I think Tennessee has the players for that to for them to prevent that type of start. So I Josh Heupel. I know they've done a lot of, of team bonding over the last several months. Yeah. That team bonding better show out and showcase tonight uh, against Bowling Green. Yeah, no doubt. So a lot of good comments in the comment section that I want to read for, uh, from you guys. So stick with us, and we're going to answer this question here. What's the most important thing you want to see tonight in the Vol season opener? What's the most important thing you want to see tonight in the Vol season open real quick, let me tell you guys about Renters Warehouse and RentersWarehouse.com, the professional landlords in the area. Simply go to RentersWarehouse.com to find out how much your home can rent for. They create extra cash flows for you and your family by renting out your property instead of selling it. Selling it's a one-time transaction, which it might be for you. That's fine. But if it's not, uh, then you can then you can get money every month from somebody else paying your mortgage and then some long-term equity equals long-term wealth for you and your family, or if you're looking to rent out that next place to call home, they have a great inventory across the mid-state, whether it's a house, duplex, apartment, uh, condo, townhouse, whatever it might be, renterswarehouse.com is where to go. A to Z Sports, BetMGM, that is who we are powered by every single solitary morning. Promo code ATOZ Sports, risk-free $1,000 bet for new users. You cannot beat that. BetMGM's hooking you guys up. They are the king of the sport book, sport book world, and they've got you covered. A to Z Sports, use that promo code for new users, risk-free, $1,000 free bet. That's risk-free. You can't beat that. So, hey, you lose, you get your money back. You win, you get even more money. That's the deal that BetMGM is making for our users. All right, so what's the most important thing you want to see tonight from the Vol? So that's the question we're asking. Greg says defense, which is the opposite, I think, of what most people are saying. Most people just want to see the offense look fun, right? Like I, like we've been talking about. I don't know. I like Greg. I like Greg. Greg, I think, gets it. Greg knows yes. the recipe to win football games. So, Greg, you are getting the love of the show of the first oh, really showcase on. comment. I love it. 
I love it. Greg. The first comment we read, he gets a love of the show. Aaron says, he's looking- it's a damn good comment because without defense, this team and program are going nowhere. Josh Heupel, I think he's proven he could score points in, in Florida, but that doesn't matter and, in the and SEC. And at Missouri. And at Missouri. He scored a lot of points. Remember uh, he, he wasn't a head coach. Okay. Well, I'm just saying. Jeremy Pruitt defended really well as a defensive coordinator. He was slaw when he was a head coach. Yes. But again, Jeremy Pruitt, uh, the best thing that he did was called defensive plays in the game. That's the best thing that he did as Tennessee Vols head coach. <laughs> and I don't think anybody. And so Josh Heupel's calling plays. So that's a good thing is that Josh Heupel has done in the SEC. But regardless, uh, defense didn't look very good against BYU late in that game. Okay. Why are we argue? Why do you want to argue about a play that happened? Well, I, you know, I'm, I'm saying you know, Josh Heupel should be judged based on what he's done for a head coach, okay. and he's going into this. I like Greg's comment. That's why I got the love of the show. It's defense. If you come in there, I love that comment. All right. So Aaron says the new quarterback Joe Milton. Jonathan says three touchdowns in the four in the first quarter. Chad says buy-in, and I think a buy-in is important because you want. Because there was such a lack of buy-in, and Zach, you mentioned it, there's been a lot of team building uh, and having fun in the offseason in order to get that buy-in. Does it translate? We talked about that at SEC Media Days. Does this translate in the offseason to actually doing something positive on the football field? Rob says the fact is the roster is nowhere where it needs to be. Ryan's saying LMAO, Milton scoring, never saw it at Michigan. And I think, look, that's true. Like You never saw that in Michigan. He put up he had a, f- a few games where he threw for a lot of yards but didn't score a lot of touchdowns. And Joe Milton wasn't accurate at Michigan. Uh, he was overall not great. He lost his starting job halfway through last year. But Joe Milton does has have physical tools. Like, he was a four-star recruit, and he was recruited by Jim Harbaugh at Michigan. Like, not a lot of quarterbacks get recruited to by Jim Harbaugh at Michigan, right? Now, not a lot of quarterbacks have had success under Jim Harbaugh at Michigan, but I did see another question that Dom asked, why is Milton the guy? And I think that's interesting too, because Joe Milton was brought in after the spring where Josh Heupel watched Harrison Bailey, Hendon Hooker, and Brian Maurer go through spring practice and saw that he didn't necessarily like what he saw. And so he went out and got Joe Milton, who has a crazy strong arm, which is cool if it's accurate, but you have no idea. He's got running ability and he's strong. So he can run a lot of these power runs, that a quarterback needs to do in Josh Heupel's offense and spread the ball out down the field and be explosive. That's why he's the guy. He's the most explosive passer and explosive athlete they have at quarterback, which helps give Josh Heupel the best to make his offense do what it's supposed to do, and that's be explosive and put up yards and points. Can't turn the football over. Milton, that's the one thing that will lose this job and that's the one thing that Tennessee fans will be like, oh, not again. Because of what we saw last year with Garantano in pick six city, you can't turn the football over. Milton has to be aggressive, but he can't be too aggressive. They got to run the football play within the offense that has been proven, again, against a different type defense, but this is Bowling Green. You should be able to, to plug and play. But you can't get into a turnover battle because then Milton, it sounds like, and again, Tennessee and college football in general, I, I bone to pick because they don't, the coverage of the football teams are very close to the vest. They don't allow a lot of coverage. So we don't get enough information. But the information that we do know, Austin, is Joe Milton won this job, he was not given this job. 
And I love how Hypo is not going into this game being like, well, you know, we're going to try out three guys because it's Bowling Green. I respect Hypo's decision in that. Milton won the job. He cannot have interception, a couple of interceptions tonight because of bad reads or bad decisions because all of the quarterbacks that lost, and I'm sure Harrison Bailey's praying that that could possibly happen so he gets his opportunity, but it kind of brings everybody back down, and you don't want that early in the season. Yeah, and uh, Rob brings up that uh, Joe Milton played last year with a broken thumb at Michigan, like on his throwing hand. So, like that, it's an excuse, it's a reason, but it's yeah, a fact. no, it's an excuse. It's well, not a well, reason. Well, <laughs> okay, I think it's I think injuries affecting somebody's play is a reason, and I think it should no just be. Cares. <laughs> I'm just thinking it should be taken under consideration to not just dog him before he plays a single snap. I think Joe Milton. Uh, deserves a little bit of he deserves opportunity to win you over as a vol fan or vol watcher that you should be intrigued at, at least at the very least you should be intrigued by Joe Milton who is a four-star quarterback who is like 65 230 plus pounds who can run and apparently according to some wide receivers at Tennessee can throw the ball 75 80 yards in the air you should be intrigued by what that looks like in this Josh Heupel offense. Dom brings up a good point. This is the same state, Tennessee, that saw Ryan Tannehill come from Miami and tear it up in, in Nashville, the Titans. I think Joe Milton, as a transfer, will come in and elevate his game here. I think Joe Milton will elevate his game. Can he be like quarterbacks we've seen over the last several years of college football who transfer away from a big program to a new big program and blow up and thrive, and some have gone on to win Heisman trophies. That's not what Joe Milton's here to do is win a Heisman trophy. But you've seen transfers: Joe Burrow, Justin Fields, Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield. You've seen JT Daniels at Georgia. You've seen a lot of quarterbacks leave where they initially went to a big program and go to another big program and do very well because it's all about the coaching that you're under and the opportunity. So I think Joe Milton has a massive opportunity to win over the fan base and to really be a Tennessee's quarterback and make a big difference for this program. Yeah, I mean, look, you you, you brought up a lot of big-time success stories. I don't, I don't foresee And I'm Joe. not expecting anything uh, like that, but those are that those are success stories. Right. We, we probably have to find a different comp that is lesser of a success story that can get this program to reasonable expectations. And the only reason why I say that is because they play in the SEC, right? If they play in the Pac-12, maybe it's different. But they play in the SEC, and they've got a gauntlet of a schedule because of the conference. So, so awesome. What, what, what is the one thing you're looking for tonight? I want to see – I have specifics. I want to see the Vols win – by no less than four touchdowns. That's 28 points. They have to have, I don't care if they cover the 35 and a half, but I think they have to win by at least four touchdowns because there can be some backdoor stuff that happens when the game's really out of hand that affects the spread. But a 28 uh, point plus win and scoring no less than 45 points. Tennessee has to score at least 45 points tonight for me to feel satisfied. And, and where did I get that number? Because if you look at what Bowling Green did last year in five games, they went 0-5, Zach. Here are the point totals Bowling Green gave up. 38 to Toledo. A whopping 62 to Kent State. 42 to Buffalo. 52 to Ohio. 
and 31 to Akron. So that's an average of 45 points allowed per game to schools that play in smaller group of five conferences. Here are the points uh, Bowling Green scored in those games. Three versus Toledo. They put up 24 to Kent State where they gave up 62. 17 versus Buffalo, 10 versus Ohio, three to Akron. That's 11 points a game. I want to see Tennessee blow out a Bowling Green, put up some style points, and win and win by no less than 28 and score no less than 45 points. That is what I have to see tonight for me to be satisfied in this season opener. There's a lot of nuance that can go into it that you can look at. Oh, this player looked good. This guy was exciting to see. I want to see more of this person. But I got to see at least, at least 45 to 17 at the bare minimum. That's that's my point. Okay, and, and that's fair, and I think that uh, that is doable, right? I don't think that is a uh, a crazy ask. I do want to address something because – and I get it, but I have to bring some some people back down to earth, right? I am that is my responsibility on these type shows. With Chris Stress coming in and saying Zach is about as negative as it gets today, I am not negative. I am just understanding what the program is and where it is, and I am not filled with a ton of hope like other Tennessee Tennessee fans should be. You got a brand new head coach. I understand it, but I am somewhat of a voice of reason here because. I have no ties to the university. I look at it in an unbiased scope, and I'm fearful. And because I was sent this today, this morning, by Tennessee fans, multiple Tennessee fans sent, sent me this. I don't want this to happen, Austin. We know for this business, I want Tennessee to do very, very well. And plus, I'm tired of them losing. Uh, we've seen that enough. I'm ready for them to start winning. But I don't want to see this. I don't want to see Ben Affleck smoking a cigarette saying it's football time in Tennessee, which it has been over the last several years. So it gets me to the question at hand, which is what I what am I looking for tonight? And I start with Greg. We'll get into our season predictions. My season prediction will really be impacted tonight based on what the defense is. I don't expect them to be an Alabama defense, guys. Okay, I don't expect them to be the 85 Bears. But... Josh Heupel knew going into this season, you cannot just give up points in the SEC and think that you can outscore people. It doesn't work like that. I want to see how disciplined this defense is and how opportunistic this defense is. And this defense needs to build confidence going in to the second week of the season against Pittsburgh, which we know is a very important game where you could start off 3-0 because you got Tennessee Tech on the other side of it before you get to Florida. That's what I'm looking for. On the unbiased, this is no negative, bud. Chris, I'm sorry to tell you, this isn't negative. This is real talk. Real talk, how does this defense do tonight against a team that is very bad? Yes, yeah, and uh, Zach Reagan, our writer, A to Z Sports.com, says uh, Bowling Green's offense is so bad that it might be fool's goal. And that's and that's what I'm no, saying. Like, no, not necessarily, because we saw teams, uh, uh, again, all we're going by is the history. I, we, I've seen Tennessee teams that should absolutely roast and prevent the other team from scoring, and they were not able to do that. Yeah, and I think um, in the past you've seen – Tennessee players play down 
uh, to opponents like Bowling Green. And Bowling Green's been a bad program for the last couple of years, but Bowling Green had some pretty nice seasons uh, about five, six, seven years ago uh, with their previous head coach, Dino Babers, who was at, who went to Syracuse. But yeah, when they played that, Tennessee in the opener at Nissan Stadium a handful of years yeah, ago. Yeah, that, that was a pretty good Bowling Green team. Like That Bowling Green team had a couple NFL practice squad level offensive guys, like, which is saying something for Bowling Green. They were a scrappy bunch. That's a massive there. compliment. <laughs> yeah, and it had a veteran quarterback too. So, But that's not that's, – but Georgia State – Des Fitzpatrick's. <laughs> yeah. ah, I had to do it. I no, had to do very it. fair. Very fair. I, I don't know why. Why? I mean, yeah, it's a great comment. But I feel like um, I, I feel like Tennessee's played down to the UABs, uh, the Akron's, and all you know the Butch Jones, the UTEPs, right? The North Texases that have been like twenty something to three or some, you know, those weird, nonchalant, boring scores. This game needs to be a dominant dominant message that Tennessee sends to everybody that they're not messing around because you saw in the past, like Jeremy Pruitt thought his stuff didn't stink when it was the stinkiest stuff in the league. And Butch Jones, we know well-documented all of his issues. I think Josh Heupel wants to like prove that he is worth being hired at this job. Right, like a lot of people doubt Josh Heupel at Tennessee or doubt him as a head coach because he took over for Scott Frost at UCF and the record got worse each year. And people doubt that Josh Heupel can do it as a head coach at the SEC level. I think he has a lot to prove. I think these players feel like they have a lot to prove to themselves and to their fans that they were a lot better than what they showed last year because of how toxic it got towards the end. And on top of that, Tennessee has a lot to prove, right? Just the overall power T. They have a lot to prove into a national audience that will watch this game because it's college football and it's Tennessee, whether it's on SEC Network or not, it's football, bro. I'm, I am a heroin addict fiending for some juice. And the only juice I want is boot to leather. Let's get this thing started. You talked about Heupel and the pressure that he has a lot to prove. You know, going through this co coaching search that it was the right decision. You had to fire Pruitt and you had to fire Fulmer that you always need to remember what he did to the program. But, you know, Tennessee in this coaching search, because they've been in a handful over the last 10 years, I think they understood that they were not the, you know, it's like the Dan Mullen thing. They didn't get Dan Mullen because they're not Florida, right? They didn't, they didn't, they went through 10 other guys before they landed on, you know, whoever. This was, they targeted a program and that program was Central Florida. They plucked the athletic director, then they plucked the head coach. They said those two guys had success, they work well together. And how it happened in the timeline, it doesn't really matter. We They're really putting to the test, can this work in big boy football? I've always said since he was hired, I'm actually bullish on Josh Heupel. I think Josh Heupel is going to be the right recipe for Tennessee. I don't know whether they'll get – Josh Heupel will get Tennessee to the 10, 11, 12 wins – but I think he could get him to the seven, eight, nine wins. And, and, I, and, and that's I, like, really, I think, starting out all he needs to do. Yeah, and Tennessee, I don't think Tennessee fans, the logical ones, because everybody has illogical no. fans. 
But I think the logical fans are not expecting Josh Heupel to get this program back to a 10 and two season uh, in year three. I, if I don't win nine games. They will. So and I'm not saying in year one. Well, yeah, but, but if they, if they win you're... nine games and that, then that makes sense for you to up your expectations for the next year. But right. Like, but that, that's what I'm saying. Pruitt was the example. He won eight games and, yes, and then he knowing, knowing what we knew. No, but I, that's what I, that's my point. Austin is Pruitt won eight. And after that Indiana Bowl win, the everything changed. That oh, but Austin, you and I, and I think a handful of others knew that Pruitt was not a good head coach, and he had gone through that season. The back half of that eight win season was filled with just uh, easy wins, and so that's what that, that's my actual point is. I think Josh Heupel can get them to a consistent eight win season. I do not know, nor I don't think anybody would, to get them to really where Tennessee needs to be, and that's competing with Florida and Georgia well, every think, single year. I think Chris Stress brings up a good comment. He says, if Josh Heupel gets the Vols to seven and nine wins and he's done his job of getting Tennessee out of the gutter, right? It's, it's you clean. have to clean. Again, you got to do that clean. It's, well, one, NIL changes things. Two, they're going to be so tightly monitored by – everybody in the NCAA that they're going to have to do it clean. Yeah. It was a bad year to get popped. Yeah. It was so stupid. It's like, just wait, damn. (laughs) So so maybe they get the benefit. And this goes into the, the kind of next question is maybe they get the benefit of now that the gates are open. Do you think that the NCAA will punish them less because I don't know what the actual allegations and, and problems were nobody knows right so i I don't i can't overstep there but yeah yeah. bad bad year to get popped it's like getting caught for speeding and then all of a sudden they change the speed limit to 75 yeah and and chuck brings up this too an accurate freaking qb who doesn't change a play on the two-yard line like the quarterback position has been the biggest problem on the field and, I, and that's the thing that Josh Heupel has a strong track record of repairing at multiple universities, at in multiple conferences. And so, look, Joe Milton, you can doubt Joe Milton for what you saw him do at Michigan, but things aren't going very well for Jim Harbaugh at Michigan for several reasons. And maybe that's a maybe it was a bad situation for Joe Milton. Well, he just got extended. A, so I don't know. Don't tell Jim Harbaugh that. Well, yeah, that's because Michigan's just as crazy, if not crazier than Tennessee. Like Jim Harbaugh is good for I, business, but you know I what know. I'm saying. I, know. Like, I'm just trying to do I, I had to say that because he did get extended. Yeah. So did Jimbo Fisher for going 26 and 10 and got, now he's getting paid. Well, nine Jimbo million. Fisher just was the, they were the fifth best team in the country last I year. I know, but he, he was in Jim Harbaugh was not. But Jim, Jimbo Fisher was going into the fourth year of a ten-year contract, and they got they get extended him. It's just ridiculous. Like again, no, these contracts. That, that's that, that's how the industry works. You should. Know I, that. That's what I was about to say. My next sentence literally was the contract extensions in college football are out of control because Jimbo Fisher already had a a like uh, seventy-five million dollar contract, and now he's getting paid over nine million a year. But Jimbo at least earned his. Jim Harbaugh didn't do a damn thing to earn his. Right. That's not my. I'm not giving Jim Harbaugh an extension. That's Michigan had to do that because the contract was coming out and they had, coming up, and they had no other option. But again, uh, and Jeff Rubel, Big Ten Jeff says Zach, the extension was to lower the buyout. So they can fire him for less. And I don't know that for fact or not, but I Big Ten Jeff knows Big Ten things. So again, the whole point I was I was saying is 
Joe Milton has a fresh start with a guy who has done well with quarterbacks. And so I, I do feel – I do have more confidence in Joe Milton than I did maybe Harrison Bailey just because I think he's got more tools to play with. Well, he has a lot to prove and in a new place. Like Jared Garantano had a lot to prove last year, but he wasn't in a new place. And he wasn't really in an offense. Look, I think his skill set was not good enough, so I, I don't want to get that misconstrued. I think Joe Milton can come in and – this offense is set up for him to have success. I do think that. Now, the real justification is can he have success against the Floridas, the Georgias, the South Carolinas, the Kentuckys? Those, that's that's where your well, bed will be made. No doubt. But it, well, and, and Pitt, because you said it earlier in the show, it's about, you know, what can they do tonight? And if it's fool's gold or if it's true or whatever, it's all about week two, right? So, Let's go ahead and do this, Zach. We've got our, our season uh, predictions, right? So we're going to go game by game and get everybody's record predictions for Josh Heupel in his first year. But first, Zach, tell everybody about our great friends at Wilson County Hyundai. Yeah, Wilson County Hyundai is where you need to get your next ride. WilsonCountyHyundai.com. They've got the Sonata, the, Hun the Hyundai Elantra, which is unbelievable. they got the Palisade, the Santa Fe. they got you hooked up. Payne Bone and his team will hook you up. Real quick trip down I-40, exit 236. If you're in Nashville, go there. Say, hey, I listen to A to Z Sports. I love those guys. Zach with some unbelievable takes. I want to drive. I want to drive what he owns. And I own a Hyundai. That's for damn sure. So WilsonCountyHyundai.com. You can look at their inventory. But go there. That's Wilson County Hyundai. All right, BetMGM, they are the king of sportsbooks. Download the app today. Use our code ATOZ Sports to get a risk free bet up to $1,000. Up to $1,000 with your first deposit and your first bet. It's as easy as that. I've actually worked, I'm working on a college football parlay for tonight involving Tennessee with an alternate spread. So I, maybe I'll tweet that out whenever I finish it. I'm looking for that third leg. But anyway, uh, BetMGM, code ATOZ Sports for your first risk free bet up to $1,000. After your first deposit with that first bet, visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. You must be 21 years or older, must be present in Tennessee and for gambling problem support. Call the Tennessee Red Line at 1 800 889 9789. Record predictions. We want to go through this. What record do we think Josh Heupel will end his first season with at Tennessee? Because they're going to beat Bowling Green. Like, I, I know, like, Non-Tennessee people will laugh at that because two years ago, well, we, everybody said they're going to beat Georgia State, right? But this this Bowling Green team is awful. They lost last season five games, zero and five, by an average score of forty-five to eleven to a group of five teams. This Bowling Green team is terrible. I I really think Tennessee will dominate in this game. Does it mean anything? I don't know. Style points and eyeball test probably means more than the final score tonight to see how clean it looks, if the passes are accurate, if the blocks are actually legitimate, if they're not just running around people, and if they can actually make plays defensively. So Bowling Green's a win. It's a big game next week on Saturday against Pittsburgh. It's, we've said this all offseason. Pittsburgh week two is the pivotal game. You either have an opportunity to start 3-0 going into Florida because Tennessee Tech is the third game in the season, or 
you lose one, a, a game that you have an opportunity to win, a non-conference home game against Pitt. So, Zach, I'm curious to see what you think about the Vols versus Pitt. Yeah, I, look, I'll tell you my season prediction because I do want to get to the chat. I think that that's pretty interesting. Uh, I have very sim simply what I think is going to happen. And I've looked and diagnosed. I don't need to go game by game. I can tell you That's exactly what I think is going to happen. I'm asking you about your opinion on Pitt. That's fine. You can. You don't have to go game by game. Three, I think they're going to start 3-0. I think they're going to beat Pitt. I think they're going to beat Bowling Green. I think they're going to beat Tennessee Tech. Now, that's not indicative of what the, the what, what's going to happen the rest of the season. I think they have three wins left. I think South Carolina. I think possible winnable games could be Kentucky and Missouri. But Kentucky and Missouri have a head start on Tennessee. Last year, Missouri, I think, showed us a little bit of something, right? Maybe they found their quarterback. That's important. You need quarterbacks to win games. So I give the edge to Missouri. And Kentucky, I think Stoops has built that program into a better spot while Tennessee is just starting from the ground up. So I have two losses there. But I think they beat South Carolina because they're in a restart with uh, old Beeman's boy. And – and I, 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 and I think I think the last two, I think the last two games are wins, right? You look there and you say South Alabama, Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt. Eh, I think Vanderbilt's going to Vanderbilt. Uh, I have three. I have six wins on this schedule. Really, six wins. The, Those six wins are Bowling Green, Pitt, Tennessee Tech, South Alabama, Vanderbilt, and one other. Right, South Carolina. South Carolina. Man, I, I think it's crazy because, like, if they start 3-0, now there's a lot of confidence gained. And, I look, they're not going to beat Florida. Like, again, my rule on Tennessee-Florida is Tennessee will lose to Florida until I see Tennessee beat Florida. That, that always – I got burned by it in 2017 – but saying I thought Tennessee would beat Florida, I am never going to predict Tennessee to beat Florida ever again in my life. <laughs> That's just not what's going to happen. So, I, but I do think a three zero start and a solid, you know, respectable performance in the swamp at Florida gives them a better shot at Missouri, which helps them go into that SEC uh, schedule. So here's what I've done: I've I've grouped this. I like doing this. You know, three categories, right? You got the wins, you got the losses, and the toss ups. My wins for Tennessee. Uh, are Bowling Green, Tennessee Tech, South Alabama, and Vandy. That's four. The losses are Florida. I have Missouri as a loss. I have Ole Miss as a loss. I have Alabama and Georgia as losses. That is five losses. The toss-ups are Pitt, South Carolina, Kentucky. And I think if they win the Pitt game, they really have an opportunity to get the seven and five. And that's not crazy. If they win the Pitt game. If they lose the pit game, they could be five and seven or four and eight. And so that's, but my overall prediction is the four wins against Bowling Green, Tennessee Tech, South Alabama, Vandy, and two of the three toss ups Pitt, South Carolina, Kentucky. And honestly, Zach, I think they lose to Pitt. I think they beat South Carolina because Shane Beamer is starting. A, did you see that story? They're starting a, a graduate assistant coach at quarterback. Did you see that? I did not. They've had quarterback injuries. South Carolina has. They Is had a Brandon, Brandon Whedon's brother. No, sixty-four. He's, he's a graduate assistant. He was the backup to Trey Lance at North Dakota State, but he was a backup backup and never really played. He only played because the other guy got hurt. And then 
Uh, he went to South Carolina as a graduate assistant coach, and now he is their starting quarterback for the season. Because he still has eligibility because of COVID? Yeah. And, but that's that's the situation that South Carolina is in. So you I got think, that itch. Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play. <laughs> yes, yes. And so that is just – it was a wacky story. I'm like, oh, my God, that's happening. That's a weird situation. Greg says he doesn't think the Vols beat Kentucky. So what's your – have you – you still have a name. Yeah, six and six. Six and six. Yeah, that's what I said. Because I think they went to the toss-ups, which I think they beat South Carolina and Kentucky. Kentucky is a road game in November. I think Tennessee can win that game. Uh, Kentucky is beatable. They're a, they're a stronger program right now, and I respect what Mark Stoops has done. But just like I never predict Tennessee to beat Florida, I always predict Tennessee to beat Kentucky because – like 85, 88% of the time, I'm correct on that. So I think six and six with a loss to Pitt went over South Carolina, Kentucky, and Vandy uh, for a, a three and five SEC record. All right. I got a question about that. But first, I want to go to the chat real quick. Okay. Um, Dom says seven and five. Uh, Bruce looks like he's smoking meth this morning uh, with 12 and 0. David says seven and five. Part. Lucas says six and six. Ronnie says six and six. Big Ten Jeff says six and six. Chris says eight and four. Roy says four and eight. Will says seven and five, potentially eight and four. So he's a little bit more hopeful. Wow. D says six and six. Louis says two and ten. So Louis, Louis on the other end of Bruce. Billy says seven uh, and five. Uh, team leader says six and uh, six. So uh, it kind of, I, I think we're were correct in the sense of you're looking at I think you're looking at five and seven, six and six, or seven and five, right? I mean that yeah, that, that's, that's what the it window. is. That's it's, the window. Pick your three. You're not going to get to eight wins. And I don't think that they're going to only win four games. They have four winnable uh games on their schedule, as you said, Austin. So uh that's where you are. And so I think we are aligned in the six and six. Now, Austin, if Josh Heupel goes six and six. How would you categorize the season? Success. If they went five and seven, how would you categorize the season? Uh, that is where I need who they beat, who they lost to. Like five and five and seven could be considered a success. They don't have any upsets in the five and seven. Well, who they lose to. They lose to Pitt. They lose to South. They lose to Kentucky. So they beat. So you're saying, let's just say, if five and seven, they they beat. Yeah. It's a pretty standard five and seven. I know what you're trying. I respect. I'm trying to. No, yeah, I'm trying to answer the question. So you're saying they beat South Carolina, South Alabama, and Vandy, and South Carolina five and seven. Uh, I mean, I would say that's a wash. It's not a failure, but it's a. I don't give you any credit, and you still have to prove what you can do next year. If they go seven. And five. Seven and five, I am ecstatic. I, I am very pleased. <laughs> well, that was a jump. That was a no. jump. Well, yeah, seven and five is legit. Like, if they go seven and five with a schedule, then they're beating somebody they're not supposed to, and they took care of the games they were supposed to take care of. And again, like, that's that's a big deal for Tennessee. Take care of the games you're supposed to win. And I think I, if, if, it's, if it's them beating Kentucky, South Carolina, and Pitt, and then your four winnable games, that's the seven and five. 
Are yeah, you absolutely. Still, is it, you, are you still, I think Tennessee fans sign up for that now. Absolutely. Oh, no. Yeah, they absolutely sign up for it. I'm just trying to see how you categorize it, which I, I guess. Absol- and yeah, I'm very ecstatic and optimistic of Josh Heupel and what he can do because this is a tough situation, right? It's a tough and situation. eight and four is a sick joke. Like eight and four. Like I was thinking about this when somebody predicted eight and four. I was like, what would I do? What would I actually do in real life if Tennessee went eight and four? And I was trying to think of like, what I, I mean, I would do something. Uh, very dramatic in public if Tennessee goes eight and four this year under Josh Heupel, not counting a bowl win. If Tennessee goes eight and four in the regular season, I am willing to do something dramatic and embarrassing in public if that happens, because that would just be so unpredictable and unexpected if that happened. I'm not going to shave my eyebrows uh, or shave anything or do anything with my face, David. But again, like if they go eight and four, I will do something in well, public. What's, uh, so now we got to figure out the dramatic. I, I, now you've you've now opened the the box. I, and, I, and I, we got no, to find. I'm not going to get. I'm not going to get. I'm not going to get like a hype train tattoo. I'm not going to do anything permanent. I'm just saying I would do something embarrassing in public for a moment in time if Tennessee goes eight and four. Like Chris has a keg stand. Hell yeah, I'll do a keg stand if Tennessee goes that's eight not and four. Embarrassing. But that's not embarrassing. But I haven't done a keg stand in probably ten years. But that's still not embarrassing. Uh, I would I'm say not gonna do anything that's gonna get me arrested either. I would say checkerboard the top half of your body and then with paint? Yes. And just do what? Just go on a jog around the neighborhood? I mean, I, I can go jog by Vanderbilt. Like if Tennessee beats because here's the situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're gonna they'd beat they'd beat Vandy if they're eight and four. Vandy would Vandy would be the eighth win, right? And so I live kind of by Vanderbilt. So, so if Tennessee beats Vanderbilt, here, 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 here. I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. Again, it's embarrassing and it's not, but it's good, right? And as a ten, you're a Tennessee alum, so this this makes it you have to just the top half of your body, obviously. You have to checkerboard paint your body, and you have to sing Rocky Top right in front of Vanderbilt Stadium, and we'll live stream it. Oh, I'm down. I'm in. Right. Like that. If ten, like, no, I don't think that. No, you're, you're the likeliness. This is not one of those uh, other bets that we. We'll had. probably know uh, the morning of September 12th if I'm going to be doing this or not. Oh, we may know tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, all right. So, yeah, all right. It, there you go. Virtual, virtual handshake. Virtual handshake. It, yes. If Tennessee goes eight and four uh, and beats Fandy, I will checkerboard my upper half of my body and sing Rocky Top on the at the main gate at Vanderbilt Stadium. All right. I, I, I mean, hope you. I, I hope to see that. Be a hell of a Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. For sure. All right. So that's our prediction there. Let's. I, I mean, I, six and six is realistic. Seven and five. I think you're pushing it on the optimism level five and seven. You're a little more pessimistic. You know, I think the, all right. What if they're four and eight before we move on to our sec predictions, if they're four and eight, what, what, how do you categorize the season? If they're four and eight, then you have some legitimate concerns about Danny White's hire as a head coach. Um, you know, and, and you really have to be really concerned about about what Josh Heupel can do and how he can fix it. Because if they go four and eight, there's not a lot of sell you can do in the offseason. Like there needs to be something that jo- that happens this season that Josh Heupel can sell 
on the recruiting front. Yeah, besides we need you because we can't win. <laughs> yes, besides early playing time. <laughs> it's, it's, no, it's like some he has to create some type of recruiting sales pitch narrative during early in the season. Like they need to put up again, that's why I think they had to score no less than 45 points tonight is to do something to show everybody who's watching this offense is going to score points. And they need to score points next week against Pitt to have an opportunity to win that game. What what year was Butch Jones's first season? 2013. They went five and seven. Yeah, uh, they need to win six games. I don't know if they will, but I, I, was, I was looking at that season. That season, 2013, they played number two, Oregon, number 19, Florida, number six, Georgia, number 11, South Carolina, in which they won. Number one, Alabama, number nine, Missouri, and number nine, Auburn. <laughs> Jesus. That Oregon so, game was the Oregon game was a slap in the face of how slow your football team was. Like it was yeah. brutal. Well, and brutal. they got they got raced 59-14. The good thing is this schedule is not like that schedule. No, it's favorable. And you're getting some new coaches. Uh, I I think I think Missouri is going to be real tough. I think Missouri is going to be pretty impressive. That's going to be a shootout. I think Ole Miss with what Lane Kiffin's doing is going to be a fun game to watch. I think there's going to be a lot of points in that. But I do think Ole Miss, you know, they have a leg up on Tennessee in that situation. All right, Zach. Love to hear let's that. Let's do it. What would you say? I said you love to hear that. Yeah, you love to hear that for sure. All right. I SEC. got big expectations for Ole Miss. Well, okay, real quick. Real quick. What be... do you think? What do you think? Uh, I, I don't think that they'll win the West, but I have big That's expectations good. for them. Well, define your big expectations for your alma mater. Like I'm, I'm asking you a question. Define your expectations. I think they'll be vying for a big six bowl at the end of the year. A big six bowl? I think they'll be vying for it. So you think they're, they're like nine and three, ten and two type territory? Uh, probably close to nine and three. Nine and I don't three think is they not going to get. I don't think they get, but that's why I say vying for it. So they're not. If they get to nine and three, they probably miss out on it. But I do think that Lane, because look, guys, this is all politics. I'm not basing this on on like I think Ole Miss will be better, right? But I think that Lane Kiffin gives Ole Miss the juice to get a vote, maybe where they wouldn't have. You see what I'm saying? Uh, and, and so ah. I. I I, I, think, I think that's. I think you're a year ahead of yourself. No, no, because of Lane Kiffin and social media, I don't think I'm a year. No, ahead. I think I think Lane Kiffin can get an Outback Bowl, like the higher or the like the what is it? The they just got Capital one. one. Huh? They just got an Outback Bowl. Well, I just don't see them doing that. Man. <laughs> that I, I just, see, that's what I'm saying. I'm telling. Well, no, I, I don't think maybe you're attuned to the program and where they were because they just got an Outback Bowl. What I'm saying is, I think Ole Miss, they now have the quarterback. And Matt Corral has proven, and I think under another year in this offense, I'm not saying they're going to a big six bowl. I said vying for his big six bowl bid at the end of the year. That's why I said I had high expectations. You asked me to define my expectations. I did. Now, you may have not liked them, but that's what I did. Well, I'm just trying to like know what that means. Like nine and three, I, I don't think that's insane. Like losing to... Because LSU's a question mark. Auburn's a question mark with a new coach. AM's supposed to be really good. I don't know who they play uh, cross division this year. So I don't know if they draw Georgia, Florida, or anybody like that. That could be well, tough. Right now, they only play three ranked teams, right? Alabama, LSU, and Texas AM. Now, that doesn't mean that an SEC team won't rise above the ranks and be ranked when they play them. But 
I think that's a favorable schedule. Louisville blows. <laughs> Louisville is like Bowling Green. Yeah, so, I think I think I'm leaning towards uh, Ole Miss minus the points Monday against Louisville. Probably would be smart. So, yeah. I, but that's why I say I think that that can be a real possibility. And don't don't call me crazy if that happens. Now, am I thinking through red and blue glasses? Absolutely, I admit that. Okay, I do not run from that. Um, yeah, but you just bash everybody else who looks through orange glasses because you don't admit that you do. At one point you said you weren't a Vol fan. So I had to hold you accountable from that statement. Therefore on <laughs> that's why. All right, whatever. A to Z sports here live on this Thursday show. Still the magic bucket coming up, but first, uh, Zach, tell everybody about Calvin and subtle. Yeah. Calvin and subtle is where you need to go to get your hardwood floors. 615-448-6414. That's 615-448-6414. Or online at calvinandsuttle.com. Calvinandsuttle.com. They've got you covered. Hardwood floors all over Middle Tennessee. If you're talking about Nashville, they have you covered. But they reach all the way from Clarksville to Lebanon. And upgrade your home. Rip up that old carpet that you have and renovate your home with brand new hardwood floors. We feature them on the show. I'm out of town of now, so I cannot feature the Rivoli or the Angelino. They've got some really unbelievable hardwood floors. Once you pick out your perfect sample, one to two weeks, they order it, they install, boom, you're ready to roll. That's CalvinAndSubtle.com. A to Z Sports, we're powered every morning by BetMGM. Download the app, use that code on your screen, ATOZ Sports, for a risk-free bet up to 1000 bucks for your first deposit and your first bet. That's the BetMGM app. Download today, code ATOZ Sports. Uh, speaking of BetMGM, Zach, I've got I've got a little tweet for us. The, comp, the win totals for all the SEC teams on the BetMGM app right now as we're about to get through our SEC East our SEC West and SEC Championship predictions uh, right as we enter the season tonight with an SEC game on the schedule. So we've just been talking a lot about Tennessee and Ole Miss. Tennessee's win total is right there at six. Ole Miss, I think, you know, if you're you got seven and a half, Zach, over seven and a half is a pretty good value for you right there if you like that for Ole Miss. So yeah, I uh, tried to, to, to not bet on my teams. Uh, that is something I'm going to, for this year, uh, you know, I got somewhat lucky because I had a risk-free bet MGM bet for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the Super Bowl that won me two grand. But I, I don't want to bet with my heart. I want to bet with my mind. So I probably stay away from that. But hey, for all of the other bet MGM users, please, by, by all means. So SEC East, how do you see the SEC East stacking up? And we want your predictions for the East, the West, and the championship game. So, Zach, let's start with the East. How do you see it stacking up? Because Georgia, it looks – I mean, it's been this way the last couple of years. It's Georgia's opportunity, right? But can they actually take advantage of it? Well, it's it's two-headed race, right? It's Georgia and Florida. And the biggest cocktail party will define kind of where that goes. I think this is Georgia's year. Um, so, I, I have Georgia coming out of the East – Curious to see what Dan Mullen does with Florida, though, because both both teams have the firepower, right? They do. Uh, but I think Georgia in, in this year gets to the SEC championship. And they're vying for a, co a college football playoff, at least position. Um, but I, I have Georgia out of the East. I think Dan Mullen's a way better coach than Kirby Smart. 
Uh, I think Kirby Smart is pretty, you know, he's above average as a coach, but I, I don't think he's a better recruiter than he is um, a, a coach. So I, I think Georgia, I mean, I just think Florida lost too much. Like I, I'm going to pick Georgia to win the East, not because I'm not confident in Georgia or Kirby Smart, just because I, I know Florida is having to replace a lot. Kyle Trask did a lot of great things last year for Florida. Kyle Pitts is gone. They lost a lot. That Kadarius Tony's out of there. They lost so many uh, good weapons on that offense, and, and I think Dan Mullen can replace. I think I think Florida is easily the second best team in the East. So I'm going to pick Georgia to go to Atlanta. Here's the one thing Florida has going for him. Now Florida plays Alabama early on in the season. That's that's week three. That's going to be a big time game. Oh yeah. Florida's de- season will be defined October 16th and October 30th. The back to back games well bye week well bye week but and they get the benefit of the bye week at LSU and then versus Georgia in Jacksonville and a bye week in between after that the two two weeks before that they play Kentucky and Vanderbilt after that they play South Carolina Samford Missouri and a trash Florida State team Florida's schedule looks really good yeah, I think Florida's a nine and three team, and if they overachieve, they're probably ten and two. But it's all about the head to head in Jacksonville against Georgia. I think I just think Georgia is going to win this game kind of by default. And I like JT Daniels. Like I think JT Daniels is one of the more talented quarterbacks in the country this year. Well, and in two days, we'll find out a lot about Georgia because they play Clemson. But again, they can still win the East if they lose to Clemson. Absolutely, but I, I think that's going to be a damn good game. Yeah, I'm excited about that one for sure. Um, okay, so after – I mean, do you care, like, after Florida-Georgia? Like, is there a third team that you think can make some da- – like, it's, I think it's between Missouri and Kentucky, and that's kind of like water. I mean, I'm intrigued about Missouri. I am too. I will watch more Missouri football this year than usual because I think they earned some people's trust last year with that quarterback. And the the, the new head coach has come in there and done a really good job uh, after Barry Odom. Yeah, Eli Drinkwitz, uh, not afraid to take shots in the media either. So he, he's he's a lot more outgoing and like with personality than I thought he was going to be. And I like their quarterback, Connor Bazelak. All right, SEC West prediction. <laughs> do you just we, we don't even just, do this. This does this does it make? I mean, does Texas A and M have any shot this year, or is it just Alabama until Nick Saban's gone? It's Alabama. Like, and I hate this. Well, I, like, that's I, why that's why college football is changing. College football this past offseason found their problem, and they finally realized their problem. But more more importantly, they did something about their problem. They brought in more competition for Alabama, and that was Oklahoma and Texas. I don't know what the hell is going to happen in the next couple of years with college football, but I do know is at least they are trying to actively change and fix their issue. And that is give more because Austin, if more teams are vying for the national championship, the conference makes more money. It is business. I it got the business mind, right? Yeah. That and so that's the philosophy. I think Greg Sankey, I would not be surprised if in a handful of years, and I have heard Kirk Herb Street say this, is that they basically get away from the NCAA and they form their own you know, league and Greg Sankey is the commissioner of that league. I, yeah, I that would be my prediction. That would be all. I mean, that'd be great. I think Greg Sankey's a stone cold assassin. And, uh, every, you know, what I heard is that when the NCAA 
decided to cancel the College World Series in 2020 without telling any commissioners or school presidents. They just did on their own because of COVID. That really lit a fire under Greg Sankey to well, start his setup. Yeah, right? to start his rampage to kill the NCAA. And so far, he's doing a good job. <laughs> so, okay, I think uh, Greg Sankey will be successful in his uh, attempt to kill the NCAA. Yeah, and what they did, and he knew that because the NCAA was so poorly managed that they just let the conferences kind of manage themselves. But when it came to like big things with sanctions and violations, then the association would come in there. And Greg Sankey said, no, nah, we're, we're done with that. We need a commissioner. I think he is smart for Greg Sankey. Uh, yeah. And he has all the power. I feel like at this point, in college football and in our in how our society has changed, the dominant programs of Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State being superpowers is hurting the overall care of college football. I, yeah. I just and because our society is so fickle and flaky on if I can't have an opportunity to be the best, I'm not going to pay attention or I'm not going to care. And I, I know people care about their school, but it's just like, we're sitting here trying to do an sec West prediction. And it's just like, it, it's boring. Like we can't, we can't because Alabama is going, it's stupid. And we've already had years of hot take artists trying to say Alabama is not going to win the West. And then just looks to be a fool. Or Alabama is not going to make the playoff, and then you just you're just wrong for being wrong. It it just like Alabama is not good for the level of dominance they're they're under. They're not good for the sport. Like dynasties are typically good for sports because you want somebody to go at, but not in not in college football right now. It's really bad. Yeah. So we both have Alabama, Georgia, Alabama winning. Yeah. And and they're probably going to be like a, a a double digit favorite in that SEC title game. You hope that, uh, like for this reason, we're doing a Tennessee show. You hope that the restructure has these programs come down a little bit by the time the other teams get to be better. But I just don't. I, I don't yeah. Know. And now with NIL, like. Schools of money are just going to keep bringing in and paying players. They need to, we need to understand the restructure, and we're just not there yet. Yeah. and, and Bobby, they're not there yet. Bobby the Pac-12 and all the other conferences don't know what to do. Yeah, Bobby says the same thing happened with the Patriots and the Warriors. Nobody wants to see a team dominate unless it's yours. I mean, the Patriots are different because I think the NFL is just a different beast. But the Warriors, like the NBA was down. Like like the Warriors are in, in the West Coast stuff. Like when LeBron went West – it went down because people aren't going to stay up late to watch LeBron out with the Lakers at 1030 at night tip off. Well, and the NBA had a chance, but Ben Simmons can't hit a free throw. <laughs> yeah. Chris says, Drell Casey just announced his retirement. Yeah, over an hour ago. Uh, so welcome to the party, Chris. Well, Chris, just coming in there with some information. Don't hate on Chris. I mean, but it was several people like Drell Casey just retired. Well, they yeah, may have like just joined the show. Like an hour ago. Like we know he just retired. Like just just does not mean an hour ago. Just means like in the last several minutes. Joe Casey announced his retirement over an hour ago while we'll coverage from that press conference at A to Z Sports across social media uh, at Nissan Stadium. All right. Let's get to the magic bucket. And is your sticker week, correct? Uh, yeah, but I don't have a sticker. 
Because you're in Texas. What does that mean? I'm trying to think. What does that mean, Zach? I'm trying to think if I have 30 seconds to get a sticker. I mean, you if if you want to, you can. I'll put 30 seconds on the clock, or I'll talk about one of our sponsors. And if you don't have a sticker by the time that I'm done, then you know what that means. Yeah, you better start. I, I'll do my best. All right. Let me tell you guys about the Bone and Joint Institute while Zach scrambles to find a sticker. Boneandjointtn.org, the region's uh, destination to go get your uh, health and your health back to normal. Boneandjointtn.org, go there. They are the leaders in orthopedic and, uh, help here in the Nashville area in Franklin, Tennessee. They have over a dozen doctors there at the facility <laughs> in uh-huh. Franklin that can help you get back to health. At boneandjointtn.org, they streamline the process because it's really awful if you're just running around town to a different facility for the test, a different facility for the imaging, and a different surgery center. Bone and Joint does it for you at boneandjointtn.org right there in Franklin. And don't forget, BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Download the app today. Use our code ATOZ Sports. You get a risk-free bet up to $1,000 with your first deposit and your first bet. With the BetMGM app, code ATOZ Sports. Zach, I did you a solid. I I, uh, <laughs> I gave you the extra bonus read uh, there. So, Zach, how's it going? Yeah, it's going well. It is. It is going well. And the reason why, and I knew I, I knew this would come in handy. I was at Central Barbecue like a month ago, and I saw a sticker right there at the register, and I said, I'm gonna put this this mf'er in my wallet for a rainy day and what do you know uh, it's rainy in dallas <laughs> hogs up hogs up right there we got a sticker Woo! congratulations you you were able to pull it off you got the sticker uh i was and second. dom was right i was tearing i was tearing this airbnb up that doesn't have a damn thing in it uh and so it wasn't looking good but a rainy day there you go so congratulations. You don't have to do two magic bucket pulls today. Danny says you went through that Airbnb like Motley Crue back in the day. <laughs> uh, All right. So oh, I got to pull my stickers out of the bucket before I pull. All right. So this one's for me. <clears throat> Take off your tennis shoe and teach us how to tie your shoelaces as if we are, you guys, four years old. So I have, have to you teach done this? You. I, I know I, I have done this. I have not done this. Um, so you can toss that. I don't have shoes on. <laughs> so I uh, that means you got to pick uh, another one. Another one? Yeah. I can't just go like. No, nah, you got to pick another one. That's fine. I mean, I just don't have shoes on. <laughs> And unfortunately, this has been great if they were my on-cloud shoes that I threw shade at yesterday. I did the drug question. You've done the drug question too, right? Yeah, you can rip that up. Okay, so that one's trash. I impersonated you, which we can throw that out too. Why is that still in there? That is, this is your deal. I, I know. Like, what am it. I doing here? It's been confusing because you've been. I left things in there for Luke is what happened. All right, I have to wear glasses on the show tomorrow. Uh, I have not done that. You have done this, right? I have. You can toss it. So that one's done too. 
and I'll put uh, you've already had the tie to the shoe, so I won't put that in, back in yet. So tomorrow on the show, reacting to the Vols game, I will make sure to remember to bring my glasses. Not sunglasses, but my actual glasses. All right, Zach. <sighs> make a sound of your co's choice tomorrow throughout the show. I will text you before it. I, I, think this is, I think this is an evergreen one. That's fine. I think we can keep this in there. It's not as good as the 15 seconds, but I do. I'm, I'm, I'm down with that. All right. So kind of a light magic bucket today. Nobody and, does anything. We just and Sean, Sean says, awesome being cold blooded. We don't care if you travel to Texas, Zach. Well, I, you know, I would do the same thing to him. So I yeah. expect no less. I, I, I am. Look, if, I if expect it's, no grace. Yes. But if you're, if you, if you think grace would be given to you by one of us, I'm the person more likely to give that grace, but because it's Zach, I am not giving him any grace. Grace is not expected. Right. I give grace. Grace died 30 years ago. Sorry. (laughs) But I give grace when Zach doesn't. And so I'm not giving Zach any grace, but because he was prepared and he had the sticker in his wallet for rainy day, he gets away with it. So there There you you go. go. I like that. All right, guys. Hope you enjoy the game tonight. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow morning um, at 8 o'clock. I'll be wearing my glasses and Zach will be making funny noises. Uh, So we'll see you guys tomorrow morning on a Friday to send us the weekend. Big college football week. We'll see you guys later on. Thanks. Adios.